It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Washington Commanders training camp day one is a wrap. What we saw, who stood out, all of that coming up next on Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome in everybody here. Wednesday episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day, especially right after training camp practice. Of course, don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And if you'd like to, you can continue the conversation about the Washington Commanders with me over on Subtext. Just go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. Uh, that's another way that you can help support the show uh, and support myself in these efforts. Uh, of course, the first two weeks are free, so you get the, uh, the opportunity to see if you would like to continue conversing with me over text messages. Of course, I'm David Harrison, your host of this show, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Here with you every Monday through Friday and maybe the occasional Saturday or Sunday during the preseason, during training camp. We are here grinding it out in the heat in Ashburn, beautiful Ashburn, uh, right behind me. We just wrapped up the first day of training camp practices here in Ashburn. And of course, I appreciate all the everydayers who uh, come through on a consistent basis. On this episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to discuss Sam Howell's performance on day one of training camp and what we saw from a secondary group that is uh, certainly of interest. But first, we're actually going to rewind a little bit. And head coach Ron Rivera uh, told us on Tuesday that he's looking forward to being a coach only, that he felt like he's been a manager uh, for pretty much his entire tenure here with the Washington Commanders and acknowledges also that he does have something to prove here in the 2023 season, saying these things. Pre-training camp press conference on Tuesday, we had to come down to Ashburn, kind of tour around, see the new additions, the bleachers, and all the uh, the new exciting things going on for the fan uh, experience here at training camp. And then we also got a press conference with Coach Rivera while we were here. And uh, during that press conference, Coach said, quote, I said every time I came in and had to answer your questions, talking to us, the media, uh, that weren't football related, what would it be like just to talk football? That's what is exciting about it for me personally. The last few years, I have honestly felt more like a manager trying to manage things and stuff like that, trying to keep everybody on task and on, on focus in terms of the game. Obviously, the spring I thought was really good. It really was because it was about putting the football team together, knowing that the inevitable in terms of the ownership change was happening so that we would be ready to go when it did happen. That's really been the focus as of late for us, end quote. And of course, that's really exciting for Coach Rivera himself and for even his player, Sam Howell, talking on Wednesday about Coach Rivera being a little bit more involved and maybe he has been in the past because he really has. Like like Coach Vera said, he's been a little bit more of a manager than he has just a football coach since he arrived here in Washington, dealing with everything that comes with being the head coach of uh, this franchise. And, you know, look, to a certain extent, there's a little bit of empathy to be put in there, but also to a certain extent, the job is still the job. So, you know, how much uh, is forgiven is really going to be dependent on the media member and, of course, on the fan that you're talking to. But when you go back to his first year, here in Washington, having to deal with really not not necessarily the peak of the of the off field issues and the ownership controversy and all that, but still having to deal with a healthy dose of all that stuff happening. Uh, still having a quarterback situation that was certainly not uh, anything near 
a solidified situation. And then also having to do the coaching and the general managing by himself. Because remember, Martin Mayhew didn't join him until a year later. And then he was able to kind of push off some of those duties onto Martin and, and the other parts of the brain trust that came in uh, to help Coach Rivera out and be able to focus a little bit more on coaching, but still had to kind of be that manager fielding questions about about strategy, X's and O's, player injury, but also fielding uh, questions about Dan Snyder and, and everything else that was going on at that time. And honestly, talking to Ron now, seeing him on the practice field, you can almost sense, you can almost kind of feel uh, the level of relaxation that has come from Coach Rivera so far, even, even this early in the preseason and the offseason program. Of course, some of that relaxation, some of that good energy is also coming from the fan base. There's a lot of excitement in the air. Uh, and Ron Rivera also said that because of you and other Commanders fans like you, that energy coming from you all is is energizing him more than anything else, saying, quote, you can already feel the impact about the fan excitement following the sale of the team. A lot of it has to do with just really the reaction from the fan base more so than anything else. I think our guys have also felt it. They felt it again because of the rack reaction to fan base. Uh, but what's really kind of neat, and if you look outside, you see the setup for camp and guys really they're getting into this. It's kind of a unique feeling. It's exciting. I mean, I'm fired up about the opportunity as we go forward. End quote. And I got to tell you, stepping foot onto Ashburn for the first time since these bleachers and since you know the new team store that's that's here on the on the grounds during training camp has been put up, uh, I was impressed. I you know I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna pull any punches. Really coming into Tuesday and getting a tour and kind of getting to see what was going on. Uh, I saw the pictures Monday night that the team had put up, um, so that kind of gave me a little bit of a better view. But coming into even Monday, I really expected just bleachers, just just your standard run-of-the-mill bleachers. And don't get me wrong, they are. They're bleachers. They're not exactly you know luxury seats and all that stuff, but it's it's a very solid footing. It's a very solid construct. Uh, there's there's nice kind of labeling and, and, and logoing going on around it. Um, you know, there's there's steps, there's there's ADA access, there's all kinds of good stuff, and it really does. It kind of adds to the to the aesthetic of the practice area, and uh, looking forward extremely to seeing it, uh, hopefully full on on Thursday, and certainly over the weekend when more people have time because uh, of work schedules and all that stuff. So, Coach Rivera talking about how he's excited and how he knows that the guys are excited about all this. We talked to a few players uh, on on Wednesday following practice. I would trust way. Kind of express some some excitement about the fan base. You already know Jonathan Allen and Terry McLaurin address fans at the pep rally, talking about the level of buzz coming from the fan base. So certainly uh, not just the sale, not just kind of the the dark cloud starting to uh, drift away from Ashburn, but also the excitement coming from all of you uh, bleeding its way into the roster, into the locker room. Uh, but the team isn't the only one excited about fans. Whether it's in show comments on Twitter, whether it's via subtext from from those of you who are texting me. Uh, the energy is felt all the way around. And I can tell you that the media group around here, uh, we're all looking forward to seeing you as well. And, and again, Saturday, uh, the report is that up to uh, or around 10,000 tickets have been given out for Saturday's practice alone. Uh, so we're very excited to see if, you know, how many of those 10,000 show up. Because we know sometimes those tickets, especially free tickets, get claimed and they don't necessarily get used. But if 10,000 tickets are claimed, we should have a good thousands of, of people uh, here in attendance. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, to see you all out here in Ashburn making training camp a little bit better because I'll tell you right now, it is hot. It is it is sweltering out here, and, and, and if it's hot for us, it's even hotter for the players. Uh, so you guys really do help make the atmosphere uh, a little bit better. So looking forward to that. Not looking forward to the traffic. Not looking forward to uh, all of that. Of course, then we all can share and, and, and not looking forward to that, but we are looking forward to the fan presence out here in Ashburn. Speaking of opportunities moving forward, though, Rivera said he, he knows that there's plenty that doubt 
him as a coach, not just in the fan base, but also in the media and as a leader of the organization. He did tell us and acknowledge that moving forward, he's looking forward to the opportunity to prove something this year, saying, quote, I've got a lot to prove. We've put ourselves in a really good position with a good young football team, along with key veteran players. And now is the opportunity to go. So, yeah, I do feel I have stuff to prove. And he continued on later also saying, quote, for everything that we've done and what we have and how we've competed these last couple of years, we've been too close the last couple of years. We've gotten into a really good run and it's time to continue to sustain it and prove that these are the guys. These are the coaches that I'm the right guy to help this organization moving forward End quote. And that's pretty much what this season is about is Sam Howell proving that the fifth round draft status doesn't matter and that he can lead a football team. Uh, this defense proving that they are one of the elite units in the National Football League. About Coach Rivera proving that he is the right man to usher in this next era of Washington football for Josh Harris, Mitch Rails, Magic Johnson, and the entire ownership group. And of course, for all of them, including the ownership group, to prove to you all that this is once again a franchise worth cheering on, worth supporting proudly. So a very, very big season of proving it for everybody. Something on the line that that was all before training camp even got started. We didn't even have a snap of the ball. The players weren't even here when we had those conversations. So that's all before training camp. Let's dive into what we saw out here in Ashburn and our first training camp practice of the year. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around careers, relationships, or anything else, Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. I'm almost three years into my retirement from the United States Army, and I'm going to tell you right now that if I told you I did it by myself, I'd be an absolute liar. Having the right people to lean on, talk to, and help me through the darker days really helped me punch through, get to the lighter days, and get to where I am now. Uh, sweating my everything off uh, here out in Ashburn for you. Uh, it's helpful to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who have experienced major traumas. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for playing a Locked On Commander's first listen or view of the day every day. Make sure you also come back tomorrow. Day two of training camp will be in the book. We will once again sit down and talk about all the rights and sounds that we're hearing out here in Ashburn. In fact, we had some press conferences today. Antonio Gibson met with us, Jamin Davis, Sam Howell, uh, and some others also spoke to Coach Rivera. We were supposed to speak to Coach Rivera every single day uh, so we can go through some of the things that they had to say tomorrow as well, uh, and of course, another practice. But we're going to start off this conversation about today's practice, the way that I think we should start off every day of practice or every conversation about the day of practice, and that's with the play of the day. And today's play of the day really came very, very early on and actually came in seven-on-seven drills uh, when quarterback Sam Howell and the starters took uh, took the field for the first time against this defense. And so 
Uh, seven on seven drills, you know, so no defensive lineman, no real offensive lineman, center, nobody else, no, no pass blocking, no pass rush, all these things, but a live defense as far as coverage is concerned. And on one of the very first plays of this session, running back Antonio Gibson started lined up outside on the left side of the offensive formation, motioned into the backfield next to Sam Howell, who was in the shotgun uh, in the formation. And then on the snap of the ball, came out of the backfield, ran a wheel route uh, up the left sideline of the field. And Gibson was able to get past his linebacker and get open very, very easily. It was a very well run route, very well executed play by the offense. And Sam Howell made the throw look very, very easy. Although I can tell you that that throw obviously is not uh, the easiest thing in the world. That's why only 32 of these guys get to do this as a starting career uh, in the National Football League. But how connected with Gibson down the field in stride, uh, ball in the perfect place. And, and if it wouldn't have scored a touchdown, it certainly would have been a major, major explosive play. And I can tell you, wheel routes and, and running backs, we talked about this a lot already this offseason. Every day, as you're going to remember, we talked about Antonio Gibson getting involved in this offense more as a receiver. We've talked about Brian Robinson maybe evolving and developing his skills as a receiver. And then we've talked about the potential of Curtis Samuel even being a part of that mixture as well, maybe getting some looks in the backfield or motioning in or out of the backfield uh, as the offense sees fit. So a lot of weapons here for Eric Bieniemy to use in his offensive scheme, and he's already putting some of those to use with Antonio Gibson and with some of those wheel routes later on. We'll talk about this here in just a moment. There was another route run by Brian Robinson, speaking of him. Uh, that was a very well-run route. Again, gave the quarterback just enough space on the sideline to drop the ball in. Sam Howell dropped the ball into him. Brian Robinson came down with a very, very nice catch. But the play of the day goes to Antonio Gibson, uh, who, you know, was asked about his role. A lot of a lot of Commanders fans have kind of said maybe that Antonio Gibson can be that Jarek McKinnon uh, from Kansas City for Washington here uh, with Eric Bieniemy, He said he's going to be filling more of the J.D. Uh, McKissick type role, and he's perfectly fine with doing whatever the team needs him to do moving forward. So a great play from him, really good practice overall for Antonio Gibson and the first team offense. But we'll talk about that first team offense a little bit more here in just a little bit. Then with all the battles and questions that we've talked about in the position previews, we had a, a pre-training camp final kind of battle and question uh, synopsis. There's a lot of battles going on out here. There's a lot of questions to be answered out here for this team and all of them really positive questions, right? There's not a whole lot of trepidation going on with some of these outside of, I, I would say, maybe the offensive line, which, uh, you know, again, no pads right now, no live competition. No full contact, so it's kind of hard to see totally, but we do get to see uh, a little bit here while we're here, so we'll talk about that as we go too. But today, the first day, I asked myself essentially, what is the most interesting question that needs to be answered? What's the most interesting battle coming into training camp that I really wanted to pay attention to? And if you're an everyday, you probably already know the answer outside of the quarterback situation because we have our Howell watch coming up. The next best thing for me is this secondary, man. I'm, I'm incredibly excited to find out how Jack Del Rio is going to utilize all of these secondary weapons that he's got on this roster. I mean, he's got Kendall Fuller, the solid veteran, Benjamin St. Juice, the third-year defensive back who's shown a lot of growth and a lot of potential versatility inside and out. And then you've also got first-round draft pick Emmanuel Forbes, the ball hawk, the takeaway king from NCAA. You've got Quan Martin, the versatile safety slash nickel who come in here. Derek Forrest obviously taking a huge step last year. Cam Curl. Uh, the known leader and, and, and known quantity in the, in the secondary there. I think you got Percy Butler as well coming into his second season, really showing a lot of growth during OTAs uh, and the minicamp. So I wanted to come in here and really wanted to find out how is this really going to unfold, right? And as the players were warming up and, and doing all their stuff, I talked to several members of the team and the organization about the wealth of talent in the secondary, and we all kind of had different ideas of what might happen with this secondary under Jack Del Rio and, and how he's going to use all these weapons. So that kind of just shows you 
how differing uh, these options really are here for the commander's defense. And uh, I was actually asked by one of them to predict the starting secondary today. And of course, starting secondary in NFL, start, starting player means you're on the field for the very first snap. So if you're not on the field for the first snap, you're not a starter in, in the record books, right? So I was asked first 11 on 11 snap, what's the starting secondary look like? And I predicted Kendall Fuller on one outside position, Benjamin St. Juice on the other, give the nod to the more veteran player, Quan Martin in the slot, Cam Curl and Derek Forrest playing safety. That was my prediction. And we did, in fact, see that defensive secondary combination, just not on the very first play. On the very first play, what we saw instead was Kendall Fuller outside. Okay, got that one right. Emmanuel Forbes on the other outside position. Cam Curl down in the slot as the Buffalo nickel. Derek Forrest back in the safety position. And Percy Butler on the field as the other safety, kind of more of a true traditional what you would expect as a free safety. So that was the very first formation, uh, secondary combination we got. Kendall Fuller, Emmanuel Forbes outside, Cam Curl down inside the Buffalo nickel manning the slot. Buffalo or uh, Derek Forrest uh, as one of the safeties, and then Percy Butler as the other safety. And Percy Butler is a guy that we've talked about here, but I don't know that we've we've really gone deep enough into what Percy Butler uh, could potentially do for this defense. I think when you look at the safety situation, you look at Cam Curl and Derek Forrest. While they're not the exact same player, obviously. Uh, they're very similar style of player. I think they both have a little bit, a little bit more box play uh, ability in them than a lot of safeties do in the National Football League. Certainly than a guy like Percy Butler does. When you look at Percy versus, like, say, a Bobby McCain, and Bobby McCain played a lot of slot last year. I think really what you get in Percy Butler is maybe a good, almost kind of complement to Emmanuel Forbes, or maybe Emmanuel Forbes is complimenting Percy since Percy's been here longer. And you get two really athletic, really long uh, defensive backs that have the ability to potentially make plays on the ball. Of course, Percy will have to kind of prove that a little bit more the more and more he gets on the playing field, but you kind of have that more rangy type of situation. And honestly, if you're a quarterback and you've got Percy Butler and Emmanuel Forbes on the same side of the field and you're not running crossing combinations to try to move one of those DBs out of the way, I don't know how you expect to drop anything on any of those guys. You're coming all underneath, you're coming all quick, or else they're going to get in on you and they're probably going to come away with an interception or two. So it's a really intriguing thing to have Percy Butler also entered into this mix. Um, and, and I'll tell you, like we have seen a lot of combinations out here just in day one. I mean, we saw Emmanuel Forbes and Benjamin St. Juice both getting snaps uh, in the slot. Obviously, like I said, Cam Curl coming down as a Buffalo nickel. You know Quan Martin was in the slot uh, as well. But then we also saw formations where Emmanuel Forbes, Benjamin St. Juice were the two outside defenders, and Kendall Fuller was on the sideline, not because he got benched, but because you can't just have everybody come out here and do every single rep. And even beyond those guys, Christian Holmes had an interception today on Jacoby Brissett. Tariq Castro-Fields, another second-year defensive back, uh, who, by the way, his number changed from number 41 to number 26. So if you are familiar with him and you come out looking for him, he's going to be wearing number 26 now. Uh, he had a good play on a curl route uh, against the third defense. The third offense rather deflected a pass that was then intercepted. And in fact, the secondary got the better of Washington quarterbacks overall today. Again, that one interception on Jacoby Brissett, but then also intercepting Jake Fromm three times uh, on the day they didn't get Sam Howell once though today so they didn't get any interceptions on Sam and that I think is gonna be the most important takeaway from today's uh practice and that's just one thing that Sam Howell did well though what else he did well is coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time for our training camp daily Howell Watch here in Ashburn, Virginia. Every day we have training camp practice, we will do a Sam Howell Watch. And on this first day of training camp practice, Howell went 8 for 13 in total, which is 62%. I think you typically want your quarterback to go about 70% uh, if you can, but 62%, not terrible, but certainly not as good or great as it could be. But really, when you get beyond the stats, when you get beyond the numbers, had a very solid day uh, given the circumstances. Looking at 11 on 11. So for me personally, I chart the 11 on 11s. I track his completions, his targets, who he's going for, and all these things. I don't track the 7 on 7s. I will make some notes of the 7 on 7s. We already talked about uh, the play of the day, the wheel route to Antonio Gibson being a 7 on 7. And in fact, Sam Howell's most impressive throw of the day came during a 7 on 7 as well. But tracking the 11 on 11s per pass. In the first set of 11-on-11s, 11 first-team offense versus the first-team defense, Sam Howell went four for four. His first pass uh, to running back going down to the field, getting down inbound. First of 11-on-11, Sam Howell rolled out to the right side to avoid uh, a little bit of pressure, but more of a design pass and hit an out route to his uh, college teammate, Deami Brown, out there as well. Third pass was also completed. Howell climbed the pocket very, very well to avoid pressure coming from the defensive line and threw a dart over the middle to second-year receiver, Jahan Dotson, and then finished up with a fourth pass to Marcus Kemp on a very sharp, very good. Uh, when you talk about people running comeback routes, curls, all that stuff, you want them to kind of pretend they're sitting in a chair like I am right now. Marcus Kemp could have sat in this very chair the way that he shut down on that route, turned back, uh, and made the catch from his quarterback. Very impressive. Four for four start for Sam Howe, and the offense came out hot early. Uh, later credited the work that he and his receivers did in Florida prior to training camp. Uh, they met uh, in the weeks and days leading up to training camp. Did some work, and Sam Howell said that had a lot to do with the way they were able to start practice today. Uh, and again, each of those completions, all four of them, in the perfect spot, complete dots, uh, as you would like to put it. Most impressive route of the day was the wheel route, our play of the day, but the, the most impressive ball we will talk about here in just a moment. On the second set of 11-11 plays for Sam Howell's offense, uh, one for one to start on an out route to Logan Thomas. F.A. Obata did have some early pressure on the play, but Sam Howell was able to escape and get the ball out to his veteran tight end. Went two for two on a crossing route to Logan Thomas, back-to-back passes. Uh, Derek Forrest was in coverage, was in great coverage, but again, Sam Howell just put the ball at the exact spot you needed him to put it. I'm not going to out people, but there were some reactions from the media group that probably shouldn't be happening because we're not supposed to cheer. But sometimes, guys, those plays happen and you just... You're just you're still human. You know what I mean? Uh, that was one of those plays. Uh, unfortunately, two for two is the best that they would do. They end, uh, Sam Howell ended up two for five, three straight incompletions. But uh, only one of the completions was really a very, very bad one. The rest of the completions were really in, in an effort to avoid pressure. Very smart throwaways. Uh, one of them was one of them was kind of a contested 50-50 ball. Emmanuel Forbes was in the area. May or may not have gotten a hand or two on it. It did hit new receiver Byron Pringle in the hands. But I'm not going to mark it down as a, as a drop. You know what I mean? It was a very tough catch. If I could show you, I would. But believe me, it was a very tough catch. Uh, not something I would necessarily mark down as a drop. Probably goes down as a PBU if, if Emmanuel Forbes got his hand on it. Uh, again, I didn't see if he did, but many of the media members around me who uh, had a better look at the play said that he got a hand on the play. Uh, F.A. Obata, speaking of him, had a really good day as well. Got some good pressure, early pressure, uh, to help fill the gap while Deron Payne sat out today's practice with uh, what the team is calling a very minor toe injury calling him day to day 
right now. And it was emphasized over and over again. Very, very minor. In fact, it's so minor that it's literally a footnote of this episode that Jerron Payne didn't practice. That's how concerned everybody out here is. So as for right now, nothing to be worried about with Jerron Payne. Just, you know, uh, I'm going to call it a toe boo-boo, not to degrade or make fun of anybody, but basically to say it's not a, a serious thing that we should be worried about at this point uh, in time. More to follow, of course, if it does become something we need to worry about. Uh, easily, that's that set, that you know, two for five series uh, was, was the defense's best set against the first team uh, offense, but Howell was also impressive by making sure that throws that even the ones that he missed were only where his players could make a play. The defense never had a chance to come away with an interception. I think that's really uh, kind of the key here. The third set of 11 on 11s, four passes for Howell. He went two for four, one for one. Uh, to start in a short curl to Jahan Dotson in the zone. Jahan finding a very good uh, open space in the zone. Just turned around, sat down for his quarterback, and his quarterback gave it to him very easily. Two for two. Uh, gone a dig run, uh, dig route from uh, two. Diami Brown in zone coverage. Again, uh, two for three. Another smart throw away for, for his first incompletion. And then the fourth uh, pass of the series, another incompletion, another throw away to avoid uh, a co- what would have been a coverage sack. Now, this set of passes came on a running clock. Uh, they were running late game scenario sessions with a running clock, less than a minute left to play. Uh, I don't think they had any timeout. I think they took one timeout actually and didn't have anything after there. And the defense, you know, gave up two quick passes, gave up what would have been a first down, but then boom, first, second, third down. Uh, we're able to keep them with, under uh, under the sticks. And typically in eleven on elevens, your offense gets five plays before they they give up the field for the next team to come on. But Eric Bieniemy decided after those four plays and what would have been coming up on fourth down, he pulled his first team and said, you know what, no. We're not going for it uh, in the game. We're not going to go for it in practice. We're going to practice as we play. And I, I, I like that attitude. I think that's a very smart way to do it. So talking about the most oppressive throw of the day, again, didn't come in the 11-on-11s, 11 but in one of the 7-on-7 7 uh, sessions, Terry McLaurin ran a zig route, perfectly clean zig route, as you would expect Terry McLaurin to run against first-round rookie Emmanuel Forbes. Emmanuel Forbes was right on his hip, guys. Did not get burned, did not get bent. But Sam Howell delivered the ball to the perimeter and put it, right outside Emmanuel Forbes' outstretched hands. I wish I could have gotten it on film for you guys to see. It was a thing of beauty. And then the catch that Terry McLaurin made with a defender on him, with the defender's hand in his way, uh, with that ball coming low and away, uh, an amazing catch from Terry McLaurin. Really an amazing play all around, even the coverage. I mean, it was a pass completion, but the coverage was actually very, very good uh, as well. So a very good rep for all three guys involved, but the offense came away with the completion. And that's going to wrap up our comments here from day two, day one rather, of training camp practice out in Ashburn, Virginia. Tomorrow's day two of training camp practice with fans. Can't wait to see any of you and all of you that come out to Ashburn for that. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, just drop them in the YouTube comments. Hit me up on Twitter. Email me at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or text me directly via subtext by going to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnCommanders. A lot of everydayers in the subtext group, and I appreciate all the everydayers for coming through like you do. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. Football is back, ladies and gentlemen. The pads aren't back yet. The hitting is not back yet, but football is back. And the Washington Commanders, if you've got anything else you want to know, make sure you also follow me on Twitter at dharrison82. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time right here for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.